Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Words of Life podcast with my uh, co-host, uh, at least temporary co-host, Kevin Brudy. Uh, we're back with our uh, amazing study of the book of Colossians. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing pretty good, Adam. How are you? I am doing great. Happy New Year. Uh, we are uh, in 2024. Can you believe it? Yeah, I think I got to uh, sign something the other day with 24 for the first time. It was probably yesterday. Uh, I don't remember what it was now, but yeah, I had to actually fill out. Oh, it was a doctor's appointment thing. I had to fill out and 24. And was, um, I did it. I got it right. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, how many times at the beginning of the year we, we make that mistake? You know, old yeah. habits die hard. <laughs> That's awesome. Anything new, interesting in your life? Plans for uh, the new year? I don't know about plans for the new year. Just, you know, happy to be. I had to go back to work this week. Uh, I have a secular job and we were you know, closed over the holidays and finishing up all that time off, you got to use, use it or lose it. So I think I had 19 days in a row off and had to go wow. back to work this week. So that was a, it was a struggle. You know, the struggle is real. Fortunately, that, that job is, is sitting at this desk and, and, and doing stuff there, moving <laughs> yeah. an astronaut. So not too bad, but that's, yeah. that's great. That's great. Well, I am, uh, I'm feeling old, officially <laughs> feeling old. Um, first of all, I, I, I've got this kink in my neck that I, I, <laughs> I, it's two days in a row to the chiropractor. It's getting better, but you just w woke up one day and they're like, "Hey, what did I? What happened?" You know. And on top of that, uh, I my uh, my second oldest, your niece, is now engaged. She's yes, gonna get far. married. Uh, so we're uh, we're super happy about that. But uh, yeah, uh, the prospect of being a father-in-law, you know, adds adds a few more a few more gray. I think you know. So. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I think you're older than me and you, your kids are just a little older, but I feel like I got you on the gray beard thing going on. Jesus I don't know. what really. <laughs> uh, You'll catch up, though, now. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, I probably <laughs> will. Oh, that's awesome. But you, you, uh, you, you've taken on quite a bit of responsibility, you know, you, and you've had some some ups and downs. But aren't you uh, fostering uh, an infant baby right now? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, we started fostering, uh, last year. Um, we are just past our one year mark actually of having our license and we're on our third foster baby. Uh, so yeah, we've yeah. got a foster child right now, uh, in our care. And so yeah, it keeps us busy. She's uh, getting to one time waking up at night only. So that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm so, so proud and happy for you guys that you're able to do that. Uh, it, what a blessing it is to be uh, able to, to provide some love and care, uh, for those who, who need it the most. So that's very good. All right. So, hey, in our book, in our study of Colossians last week, we got all the way through uh, verse 31 of Colossians chapter 1. Oh, sorry, verse 23 of Colossians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to pick it up this week um, in uh, verse 24. And like you and I talked previously um, off camera uh, about the fact that there are some unfortunate chapter breaks that, that the men, you know, all the chapter breaks in our Bible, they're inserted by men, right? The people who organized it. And this just happens to be one of them where, um, pull up the text here, you know, you've got this whole section through 23 where he's got a definite theme going on, right? And then he, he transitions for the first time in the letter to making it personal referring to himself in the first person, telling a little bit more of his own story. And so when it talks about, um, you know, the hope of the gospel that you heard, that I, Paul, became a minister of, right? So he's a minister of this gospel. And he's going straight into um, talking about himself 
the struggles he's had, and uh, let's just go ahead and get, get right into it. So in verse 24 of Colossians chapter 1, it reads, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. I think we just stop right there because there's a lot to unpack. Um, and in the context of what we're talking about, so Paul's making this transition from uh, from talking about the church, talking about how much blessings uh, there are uh, in, in being a Christian, talking about the prayers he has for them and all the things he had heard about them, now talking about him as a minister uh, and all the things that he has done in his service, um, what what do you what do you see here? Yeah, he does. I think you had mentioned when we were talking before about this idea of this personal story, right? The, that he he relates to them by by sharing sort of his personal story, and and that's a powerful thing to do, you know, because he doesn't they they have mutual friends. We will find out, you know, we read this in Philemon and other places, but. Um, they, he's never met them, right? And so he shares something about himself to sort of draw that connection to them, right? And and this is what I'm about. I'm a minister of the gospel, um, and I'm suffering for the sake of the gospel, right? And he, by doing so, he sort of he lets a window into his life, right? So they can understand who he is and what he's about, um, and, and probably have a better understanding. In other places, he'll talk about how you know he's not in for the money, he's not in it for the glory, and those kinds of things. And here, he's kind of doing a similar thing by saying. What am I doing? I'm, I'm suffering for the sake of the gospel. And it's it's interesting to me the way he talks about, you know, that in my flesh, I'm I'm filling up what was lacking in Christ's afflictions, right? Like if there's any suffering left over that Christ didn't quite get taken care of while he was down here, which seems kind of humorous to us almost, right? That it's okay. Now I'm 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 filling those up, right? I'm, I'm checking off the last bit of affliction that, you know, people have to suffer there for the gospel's sake, um, you know, for the sake of the body of the church, right? Uh, and and then there's this thing there about, and that's what I became a minister of, right? Uh, my my commission, my stewardship, I think it's translated here. Uh, is to make the word of God fully known, right? That there's this, that that's what I'm about. I'll suffer for it. I'll endure persecution for it uh, because my job that I was given by God was to reveal the fullness of, of the gospel, the full mystery uh, that, that's out there now. Well, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, re regarding having a personal story, uh, I know that I have been moved personally been moved by by hearing somebody relate their own like struggles and their battles and the things they've overcome in their lives i mean how many times do you have like these inspirational stories like somebody leading up to to their olympic you know gold medal or something right sure. or or some warrior uh you know coming like, like finally making it through seal training and and going to war and being coming a big hero but as a Christian, we don't oftentimes have these like epic tales of heroism. But every single one of us has a story to tell uh, that is relatable, that is personal, that is powerful. If we're a if we're willing to to expose the darkness within us in the past that we've put off and 
help people to empathize with what it takes and how much better life is when you let Christ in. Yeah. And, you know, Paul doesn't do that in this book in as much detail as he does in some of the other letters where he really talks about, you know, how he wasn't even fit to be called an apostle because he persecuted the church. Right. And he'll relate, you know, in Acts, we'll see when he talks uh, there, um, you know, in, in historical record there uh, about what he did and you know, his conversion story on the road to man. I was going up to persecute and deliver people to, to prison, right? Uh, these people who are of, and Christ had to personally appear to him and say, hey, it's hard to kick against the goads, right? You're, you're kind of going the wrong way. Um, and he doesn't do that in, in as much detail here. Um, but he, he is about sort of sharing that, that piece of his life and that piece of himself. Uh, and here it's about the sufferings. You know, he's, he seems older here in this place. He's, he's, in prison, he's in, he's suffering certain things, uh, and and here it's it's sort of like this. Um, you know, we say, well, how is that? You know, it's it's nice to hear about all the afflictions and things that people go through in their training, but then they win the gold medal. It's got sort of the happy ending, right? And here you're like, well, what's what's sort of the inspiring thing here? Well, the inspiring thing here is that the 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 suffering that he has, the suffering he's undergoing as a servant of Jesus. He rejoices in that. I rejoice in my sufferings because he knows that it's a sign of the success of his work, right? I know that I'm suffering because I'm being successful, right? If the gospel wasn't spreading, if it wasn't uh, upsetting the wrong people, uh, if, it, if, if I was not doing the work that I was given, right? And in fact, we saw that back in Acts, right? I'm going to show him that the things that he's going to have to suffer for my namesake, right? And so when he suffers, he knows that that's sort of this fulfillment of the prophecy about him, if you will, right? That, that I'm suffering for the work that I'm being successful in what I'm doing. Uh, it's because I'm revealing the full mystery of God. Right. And so he rejoices in that um, thing, that, that affliction that he's, he's going through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes relate more to the apostle Peter than I do to Paul. Um, I think Paul is, uh, well, Christ knew what he was doing when he called Paul. You know, he's an he's an exceptional over the top worker uh, and did so much that when you just thinking of attempting to be like Paul or to be like Jesus, you know, is so daunting sometimes to us that almost feels like it's unattainable. Sure. You know, um, which is like like Peter, man, he just kind of lived in the moment. You know, he was a go getter. And he, he, you, but you saw him being imperfect and then maturing throughout his, his, his years, finally becoming an elder in Jerusalem and things like that. Um, but yeah, Paul is just, he's, he's amazing. He's such an inspiration. And so I think sometimes we, we belittle ourselves, uh, and our, and our own journey and our own story, uh, to the point, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so. So we compare ourselves to other men. Yeah, but he's already talked about how the fact that we we're made so amazing in Christ that there should be no comparison at all between brethren. It's it's all about the hope we have and the glory we have in Christ. Man, we should be able to just say that I am I'm so complete in Christ that there's nothing that I should be unwilling to do and change and, and share, you know. Yep. I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. Yep. Uh, so 
I know you've mentioned it before and you didn't want to like spill the beans or spoil the, this whole talk about the mystery, but I think this is, he's, he's, he's getting there. Um, what, let's have you talk about the mystery a little bit more here the, in, in, in verse 26. You know, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Um, why don't you go ahead and read, read the rest as, as, and we'll unpack that a little bit better. Yeah, right. So that's what he says there in, in 26, that I became a minister. My, my commission from God, the stewardship he gave me was to make the word of God fully known, right? Which suggests if you're just reading this the first time, wait, it wasn't fully known. So then he tells you, right, there was a mystery hidden for ages and generations, and it is now revealed to the saints, right? So there was something previously hidden, previously not revealed, that now is revealed. And then in 27, he tells us what that is. And so I'll often say sort of, this 26, 27 is sort of the thesis of uh, the, the Colossian letter, right? And so the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed to his saints, 27, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ, for this, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And so there it is, right? He, he, the mystery that's been hidden, the mystery that's been revealed is in 27. Uh, and it's sort of, there's, there's like two parts to it, right? Um, and the one that, that start with the, the, the more obvious, I guess, perhaps, is that Christ, that the Christ, that Jesus was the hope of glory, right? And so that was... That was a mystery. That was something that the Jews had been expecting. They were expecting a Messiah. They were expecting that to come along. Um, and, you know, who it was going to be, when it was going to be, those things weren't revealed. Um, they, they were expecting a certain type of, of Christ, a certain type of anointed one, right? I mean, even that word, the, the anointed one, um, they were kind of expecting an anointed king, right? To, to be like David and those kinds of things. And so uh, what they're saying, what he's saying here is, you know, that mystery now has been revealed, what the Christ would be like, that he was going to be the hope of glory, right? Like that's, that's what he was. He was this hope of glory. And I think that is something, you know, that the Gentiles wouldn't have known about exactly, but the Jewish audience at least would be like, yeah, Right. We were expecting a Christ. We were expecting that he was going to be here. We didn't get what we thought, maybe, <laughs> um, but we expected him to be the hope of glory. That's what we were, we were knowing. We just didn't know who or when or where kind of a thing. Right. And that's now been revealed. But I think sort of the bigger part, and I think this is probably what really um, shocked a lot of people in its time that we sometimes sort of overlook and in our overlooking, we forget about it altogether. Uh, the, this great mystery that wasn't revealed is that not only was this anointed one, not only was this chosen one, not only was this Christ going to come, but that he was not only going to reign and rule, but that he would be in you, right? And I think that was this big mystery that no one really saw coming is that the Christ would be in you, <laughs> uh, not just out there and you'd be a subject of his, but that he would, he would rule in your life. And, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier when we talked about this idea of the fully preeminent Jesus, the, the invisible God, all of the power and divinity dwelling in bodily form was, was almost like, um, 
the beta project, if you will, right? It was it was the the foreshadowing that this can work, right? Like the divine can dwell in human form here in in the Christ. So that then when he says, and now he's going to dwell in you, well, how can we already did this, right? He already, the fullness of God has already dwelt in human form in the Christ. And now he's going to dwell in you as well. Uh, so it's not just out there, you know, it, right. it's in here. And I think that was completely revolutionary and radical, um, you know, in, in the first century when Paul is revealing this great mystery. No one saw that coming is kind of what it looks like here, right? That, I mean, certainly there's a piece about how it would also be among the Gentiles, Right, which the which we a lot of times will talk about the mystery being that the Gentiles were also a part, but it's not just that, right? It's that they're right. not just part of the kingdom. He's going to dwell in the Gentiles. He's going to dwell in the Jews. He's going to dwell in you. And that's sort of the completeness of the plan of God that had been hidden throughout all the ages that that no one sort of knew, and it's now revealed in His saints and to His saints, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't I don't want to. Um, what you're saying is is absolutely mind blowing, right? And 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 we should really pay a lot of attention to the fact that it's talking about this indwelling of Christ within within us, right? Um, but a big part of the mystery was that the Gentiles were now going to have access to God. I mean, that was a yep. that was a big part of it, right? That Christ did not just come to save the Jews. He wasn't just a Jewish king for Jews. He was the savior of the entire man race of mankind and now everybody was going to have direct access to god not through a temple not through the garden of eden not through some holy sanctuary someplace in jerusalem they're going to have access to god individually and personally through christ everybody Yep. And that's, you know, that's kind of what he's saying there that, you know, he's chosen to make known among the Gentiles, these great riches of the glory of the mystery, right? The glorious of the mystery, he's chosen to make that known amongst the Gentiles, right? And the mystery is Christ is in you, right? That's the mystery. Uh, and the fact that God has chosen to make that known amongst the Gentiles, right, uh, is, is the glorious sort of nature of it. The glorious richness of it is that it's not just for this one group of people, um, but that it's, it's for all. And it's, it's interesting that how, you know, God and his wisdom chose to do that. You certainly could have said, well, we're going to reveal God in, in you through the Jews. Right. But people kind of already, at least in that time, you know, said, yeah, well, God is the Jewish God, right? He, 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 he dwells among them, right? He doesn't dwell in them, he dwells among them, right? But now to say that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate Christ in you through the Gentiles, people are going to notice that, right? Now you're yeah. really going to, how is it that you once dwelt in this, this previous kingdom of darkness and you were hostile in your ways and we saw those things before? It's going to, how, how did you become so radically transformed? It, it's on display for everyone amongst the Gentiles that Christ is in them because of the dramatic sort of change that happens and, and how great that riches is. It's not just a little bit of tinkering to get the Jewish person who was already following the law right. to be even more holy, right? <laughs> but that yeah. it's, it's the, the, this Gentile who had nothing to do with God radically transforms the work of Christ in them, uh, in their lives. Yeah. Well, and the fact that, that he uses, he uses words that are forecasting or looking forward, right? They're always going this direction. Um, the hope of glory, 
right? Is something in the future that we have to anchor ourselves to. Uh, when we get to chapter three, he's going to talk a lot more about that, you know, setting our mind on things above, right? But this hope of glory, so we've got this, this thing to look forward to, right? To be glorified per, and to be made perfect in him uh, eternally is, is really where I see that uh, taking place. And then Paul, his goal in verse 28, is that he wants everybody to be able to be presented mature in Christ, right? And so we've already talked about how, uh, how knowledge is important, to be filled with all knowledge, right? And now he's talking about us being mature in Christ. So he expects us to live this life and always continue to grow, right? Always be growing, uh, ever getting more mature. And how would you define maturity in Christ? Yeah, I've, you know, I've talked about, I've, I've sometimes taught through the book of Colossians and when I will do, uh, when I do that, right, this section here, I usually use this idea of completeness, right? And, and it's interesting because you see that sort of coming through, right? There's the complete word being revealed. None of it is, is hidden now, right? Uh, there's going to be this uh, complete Christ, right? You, you're going to come to completeness in him. You're going to come to maturity in him. All of the aspects of Christ that that's what maturity in him is, right? It's sort of putting on all of his characteristics and all of his aspects, reaching that that complete fullness of who he is, right? And then the the New Testament will talk about that in other places about you know the fullness of Christ uh, and and sort of growing to that fullness. And so we talk about this this maturity. It's it's reaching up to that sort of complete standard. Um, and you know if when we when we think back to what we just looked at before, right? In, in verse seventeen, you know he holds all things together, right? All the things. In eighteen, he's the first place in all things. Uh, Nineteen and twenty, God's fullness is in him, and he reconciled all the things, right? So this right. idea of the completeness of Christ is just throughout this whole first chapter here. Uh, and so when he's, he talks about this here, I'm getting I'm going to present the complete word. And I'm going to proclaim to you the, the wisdom because of who he is, because he's the hope of glory. I'm going to proclaim him and his wisdom so that you can be complete in him, right? And not going around looking at other places to come to completeness or maturity, right? You're mature right. in Christ. You're complete in him and not in something else. There's, there's yeah. nothing else you need there. Yeah. And it's him that we proclaim. Yeah. Right. There's a singularity of focus on Christ is 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 what we're proclaiming. We're we're, we're you know, he uh, Hebrews talks about the fact that, you know, Christ was the testator and, and the first covenant has been fulfilled, bringing in the new covenant, the second covenant um, uh, through Christ. Right. And it's it's Christ that we are proclaiming um, with warnings with teachings, with wisdom. Um, and then, then he ends this little section here saying, for this I toil, struggling with all whose energy? His energy, that he powerfully works within me. Uh, do, you, do you think that this is strictly speaking about the miraculous abilities that Paul was given through Christ, or is it something that you and I also can share in? 
Yeah, I, so I think it's not strictly, you know, the miraculous abilities that Paul had to the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's talking about his, in here, he's talking about his, his struggle, right? Well, his 24, what's his, what's his struggle? It's his actual physical sufferings and afflictions, right? It's not right. some miraculous thing. It's, it's sort of toiling under that burden. And if we go back earlier, we saw that all that power of God, he, he, he prayed for us to have all that power of God mm -hmm. so that we could endure, right? So that we could hold up. Uh, and so we see the same thing. Paul is, is saying, I'm in the same boat as you are here and you're in the same boat as I am, right? That the, right. The, this energy, this power, this strength, uh, some of the translations have it, the strength that he that's a power working within me is the same strength he prayed for up earlier in the chapter for all the Colossian brethren to have as well, right? right? That they'd have that strength of God so they could struggle, so they could endure, so they could toil as well. Uh, and so while here he's talking about, I'm toiling at this, and I'm struggling through the work because I'm the minister. I'm given the charge, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't exclude the fact that that same strength is at work within the Colossian church um, and, and the members there um, for the same purpose, right? To, to struggle and to, right. to continue to, to work out those things. Fantastic. So uh, again, we have this, this transition where Paul is now uh, talking in the first person. Uh, about himself, and he's going to continue on this next section here. Um, sorry about the format change, but it was a little easier to get more more on the screen this way. Uh, as we enter in in chapter two here, uh, let's go ahead and get into this little this first section where Paul uh, continues to tell a little bit more of his story and a little bit more of uh, his his own personal uh, work and struggles. He says. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So um, unpack that a little bit. Yeah, so this is like we said, doing this weird chapter break. Um, you could have put this in the chapter above or put those verses here because he's talking about, I mean, he just says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have. Then he kind of takes a, a sidebar what the struggle is about because I proclaim the mystery and I, I'm doing these things. And he says, now I want you to know how great a struggle I have, right? He doesn't change topic. Uh, he's still talking about that same sort of struggle, that that struggle yep. being the suffering and the afflictions he endures for the sake of the gospel, right? Uh, and so he, what, what he's letting them know is I, I take that commission that I've got, right? He says, I have this commission. I have this, um, this stewardship I think we had before that's been given to me. And I, I take it seriously, struggling even for those who I've never met face to face, right? Um, it's not just that I only care about these people I know personally, these people I've met. My commission is to spread the, the complete word to everyone. Uh, and so I struggle even for those I've never met in the flesh. Uh, and he does that, you know, for sort of these three reasons that he details here uh, in these verses so that their hearts can be encouraged, um, right? And then it, I sort of see this as an interesting way. He'll tell you what he wants and then how that's accomplished, right? There, he wants their hearts to be encouraged well, how? By being joined together in love, right? Your heart will be encouraged when you're joined together in love. And secondly, I want you to uh, have an assurance, right? I want you to have a, a full assurance 
how, right? I want you to reach the full assurance by understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, right? If you, if you have that, you'll have the full assurance. Um, and I want you to, um, and so then I instruct, right? I, I give you this instruction uh, of the full knowledge of the mystery, right? And so his, his commission there is to encourage, to assure, and to instruct, right? That, that's what he's doing. That's his purpose. If you sort of said, what's, what's Paul's job, right? That's it, right? Uh, I encourage, I assure, and I instruct. Um, and then sort of the how and the why. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's really interesting. He, tr he transitions because he has also another thing that he's trying to make sure to prevent in the future this idea that we could be deluded with plausible arguments. Yeah, uh, are there any... that's, that's, that's <laughs> interesting there, right? That he, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of like verse one through three is, is my commission, my instruction, what I do. I'm trying to give you all the treasures, all the wisdom, all the knowledge in Christ. And I'm doing that, right? I, I say this, right? I'm telling you this. Why, why am I telling you this? Why am I writing this? Why are you reaching out to me, Paul, right? Uh, I'm, I'm telling you this so that you won't be, uh, he, he's concerned about their spiritual well-being, right? Um, he's concerned that they'll be, this translation says, deluded with plausible arguments. I think uh, some of the other ones that are, are pretty well known uh, will be like deceived through persuasive sounding arguments, right? Or, or things of that nature. Um, so there's this concern that you could be deceived, you could be tricked through persuasive sounding things, things that seem wise, that sound good. He'll talk about some of those later, actually, in the, uh, in the letter here. Um, and that sort of, he, he does this thing that's really very curious there, right? He sort of plays these contrasts against one another. Um, and the contrast sort of illuminates what the problem is, right? And so he talks about um, the mystery, right? He talks about the sufficient Jesus. He talks about knowledge versus deception and persuasion, right? And so he's, he's playing these terms against each other. Uh, what's, what's the mystery? What is sufficient to know? What is you know, and then that being Jesus, what is knowledge? What is hidden? What is deception and persuasive God for what is knowledge, right? And so he, he puts these things sort of back and forth against each other there. Um, and I think that kind of hints at, like we said before, we never get a full picture here of what, what exactly the heresy is or what exactly the, the arguments are, things like that. But I think what we're getting at is this picture that the heresy is that there's a real full knowledge that's a secret and it's found only outside of Christ, right? That, that that's likely what's going along. Hey, that's great that you've got this simple doctrine, this simple gospel, but there's more you need to know and you got to know it over here, right? It's found outside of what the Christ is. Right. Um, and he's trying to combat that by, by this teaching that, that, that teaching is defeated by having a steadfast faith in the fullness and the efficiency of the sufficiency of Christ, right? If you've got that steadfast faith, that, Jesus is preeminent, he's full, he's sufficient. It doesn't matter whatever persuasive sounding argument you hear, you're not gonna be a bit tricked or deceived by it because all of the, those tricks are based in that Christ is not sufficient, right? There's, there's something else you need to have that's not found in him. And yep. if you've got a faith that that's not true, you're like, that sounds great, but it's ridiculous <laughs> because I know that everything is in him. Uh, and yeah, that's absolutely. what he's trying to get them to understand. So, uh... When he when he puts lays this foundation of he kind of paints this picture of of the mature Christian that he's trying to present to Christ. We, we just got done reading that at the end of one. Um, 
that we're going to be knit together, right? I mean, that kind of implies a, a very tight bond and a very strong bond being knit together in love, right? So that's together, us, we, all of us, in love, together, in unity, united in, in, in one under one purpose and one umbrella. Um, that there is a full assurance of understanding and, and the knowledge of God's mystery. So we are knit together in love and empowered and emboldened because of the knowledge that we have and the understanding we have about Christ, who is the mystery. And in Christ is all, not some, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Like you just said, there's nothing else outside of Christ that we're going to need. But there are going to be times and places and people who are going to try to, to persuade us with plausible arguments that there is something beyond what we can read in the fully revealed word of God. Yeah. And, you know, he's like I said, we don't get the full picture of what those arguments are. He doesn't seem overly concerned with them because his point is it doesn't matter what they are. They're all the same. Right. Christ is insufficient. He isn't. Um, but <laughs> yeah. later we will get some of those like insights. Yeah. He'll talk about things that have, you know, an appearance of wisdom uh, later right. in the text. He'll talk about, right. These things have an appearance of wisdom. They, they seem like they might be a wise thing, uh, but on further investigation, you know, you realize their foolishness. Um, yep. And so even Paul himself will, will admit that people can come up with good arguments. People could come up with good things that sound wise Right. Uh, and if you're not careful, you can be deceived and pulled away by them. In fact, he, he tells you uh, in, in not quite so many words that you will be if you rely on self. That's why he prayed for the strength of God to remain steadfast. Right. You, you're going to need the strength of God to recognize those things for what they are and to be steadfast. If you just rely on self, you're going to be deceived by those things. You will be deluded because, you know, people come up with some really smart sounding stuff. Um, yeah. You know, we uh, in in the congregation I'm at right now, we're studying uh, some of the wisdom literature, uh, you know, and, and every week we review. Right. OK, we're looking at the Proverbs and do these things. And um, every week it's the same thing. You know, what's the foundational thing at the beginning as you're looking through the, the wisdom literature on which that's baseline level wisdom. And without this, all other wisdom is you can't get to it. It's, and it's the fear of the Lord. Right. <laughs> the fear of the Lord yeah. is the beginning of all these things yeah. um, that because otherwise you man comes up with all kinds of wise sounding things, but if it's not based yeah. on the fear of the Lord in the old Testament, there, the fullness of the riches of Christ in the new Testament is explained here. Then it's, it's not really wisdom, right? But you will be deceived by it. Uh, if you yeah. don't rely on the strength of God to, to see it for what it is. Right. Right. And we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get into much more of a conversation about all of the isms. I call them the isms. Sure. So I, I didn't come up with this. Somebody, I can't remember who did. So there's only two isms that are God approved capitalism and baptism, and baptism. <laughs> right? Um, all of the other isms are bad news, you know? Um, and, and capitalism could be, uh, you know, uh, yeah. more, more of a tongue in cheek one. But, sure. Um, that's right. You know, it, it's, it's uh, in, in that period, we know, historically speaking, there was Gnosticism, right? That was the, you know this this hidden hidden spiritual knowledge that somehow was out there, right? Uh, and then, of course, Judaism, uh, the Judaistic teachers that were coming through and teaching that there were other things you had to do in order to become 
a, a true Christian, right? Like circumcising people. And, and he's going to talk yeah. about circumcision in just a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great to be able to have full assurance and to put, to be able to put all of our confidence in Christ and in the word uh, and to read, to read Paul's letters to, to these Christians saying, Hey, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in, in Christ. Um, that's powerful and reassuring. Yeah, I think it is. And that's, that's really his point, right? Like he says, his point is to give you full assurance, right? That that's what he wants. He wants you to have full assurance of these things um, and, and not to be tricked by these other. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's going on in the first century with these different ideas and these different things. I mean, it's not radically different than today, right? That there's all these competing ideas of, of, you know, what is truth that there isn't such a thing? How should you live your life? What is the moral standard? Is there such a thing? Um, you know, what they, they may have isms on them, maybe not, but, um, you know, it's, it's the same kind of a thing today. What do you really need to be pleasing to God? Well, Christianity is great, but also, um, you know, there's these things that are still out there in our world today. And, and, it, and this is why I think we talked about earlier, this idea that Paul, uh, is addressing these things in almost a very generic way to a group of people he doesn't know, not that the rest of the word is not applicable, makes it feel like it's written to me, right. In a very applicable way, um, that I go, Oh yeah, well, I've got this, this is the same solution now, right. Is to understand <laughs> yeah. the fullness of the, of all of everything's in Jesus, right. If I understand yep. that now, then I'm not going to be deceived by whatever thing comes along. Right. Um, yep. that I need to have the, my encouragement's going to come by being knitted together in love, uh, with the heart of Christ, and with the heart of the brethren, right. That's going to build me up and give me strength. Um, you know, uh, if I, if I dig into the wisdom and knowledge of the treasures that are hidden in Jesus, then I'm going to be fine. <laughs> you know, like all of these things yeah. are still the same solutions, right? Absolutely. Uh, and so it's, it's different than saying, let me tell you how to battle this one specific thing. And here's all the <laughs> yeah. foolishness. You know, I could do that. I could let an argument and show you here's where the foolishness is, but that's only good for that one argument, right? Where right. he's like, this is the answer to everything. Right. Jesus yeah. is the answer to all of it. Right. Whatever thing yeah. comes along now or 2000 years from now, Jesus is the answer to all of it, friends. Um, yeah. And it, it doesn't change. Yeah. And uh, just I think we're, we're nearing where we need to, need to take a break. Yeah. Um, but to verse five, as he wraps up there, verse five is as true today as it was then, because we know that Paul is waiting for us in heaven to be our, he's the, probably the biggest cheerleader we have on earth, you know, is for though I am absent in body yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Um, and uh, I, I, I look forward to the day where we can, you know, embrace Paul, uh, and, uh, thank him for everything he did for us because, uh, you know, we wouldn't, I mean, I mean, Christ could have brought the gospel through sure. and any man, right? But because of Paul, we have uh, a, a big chunk of the New Testament written through his hand and so many examples and teachings that he gave us uh, through the Spirit in Christ. Um, and uh, it's, it's a blessing to be able to call him our brother and to look up to him and to be able to read his letter to us um, and that know that he is with us in spirit, which is, I don't know, it's really encouraging. Yeah, I agree. I'm uh, excited to see what he goes on to next. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up for this week's podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. If you have any questions 
or uh, uh, anything you need. If you need us to pray for you for anything, please let us know. Uh, prayer is powerful. We do believe that God answers our prayers today. And, uh, you know, he's he's ready and willing and wants us to reach out to him. His hand is always reaching out to us. And it's our job to uh, to answer that call and to uh, to reach out to him as well and put our trust and our faith in him uh, in everything. And know, like we just got done talking about, that Christ in Christ is all the answers. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. God bless everybody. See you then.